Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of my podcast, Mid Moms and More, with special guest Julie Haller. And it's a pleasure to have Julie here. She um, has so much experience as a mid mom, but also as a military parent and having been in the military as well. So uh, welcome, Julie. And if you can please just introduce yourself for those people that don't know you, which should be few and far between by now. Sure. Thank you again for having me. I really enjoy these. So I appreciate you having me again. As you mentioned, I am prior military. I went to the Air Force Academy. I graduated in 1988 and my husband of 33 years was my USAFA classmate and actually he was my squadron mate. So he is retired now. He was a pilot and got out in 2014 and I separated as a major to raise our four kids and all four of whom went to the Naval Academy. Thought I'd get at least one to the Air Force Academy, but they all decided to go to the Naval Academy and then my daughter's husband is also her classmate. My son-in-law is also a Naval Academy grad. Kind of got five of them. That's wonderful. A very strong Air Force Navy family. A friend of mine that's actually a um, 23 mom, she's my admin on the page with me. Mm -hmm. She makes t-shirts. So I had her make my husband and I both t-shirts. So the front says a house divided and it's got like a a falcon and the, the Navy goat. Mm-hmm. And then on the back, mine says Air Force alum, Navy mom. And then it has all the um, dates that Aww. our kids graduated or their years. And then my husband says Air Force grad, Navy dad. And then it has Aww. the same thing on the back. That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's so we wear thing. that, especially to the Air Force Navy game. We'll <laughs> wear our t-shirt. <laughs> that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Well, why don't we get started with some questions because there's a lot of buzz going around in the pages for the parents. And I thought this might be a good opportunity to kind of give an overview or maybe talk about some highlights uh, that might be coming up, not only for plea parents, because of course, with plea summer, the focus has been on, on, on the plea class, but maybe some highlights also on the other years, because there, there are things that are going on with each class year. And Just keeping uh, in mind for the listeners that we always talk about the Navy parent journey being a roller coaster, and especially for plebe parents having survived their seven weeks of plebe summer, that roller coaster continues into the act year, not only for the plebe class, yeah, uh, but for all the classes. We've had shotgunning of uh, the class of 23 and 24 everybody's trying to get used to and oriented to their new company and roommates and leadership, et cetera. And I always like to say, and I think you, you will probably agree, Julie, that the only constant in the military is change. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Perfect way to kind of calculate that. Things are always changing. So how can parents of plebes and mids best help them to cope with this new transition and not only of plebes going into the act year, but also these classes that have been shotgunned and are now in a new environment, so to speak. And my son was one of them. The class of 23 was shotgunned. He was a plebe summer detailer for his old company. And then right after plebe summer, second set was done, he moved right into his new company with a new set of plebes. So definitely an adjustment for everyone involved when that happens. So the firsties right now are really the only ones that were in the same 
company as the, the constant, I'd say. Everything else has been all shuffled. And yeah. for those that don't know, shotgunning is when they take the group that were together in their class year in a company and they kind of scatter them all through the brigade and in random different companies. So they're not with their same classmates. They're just kind of like a shotgun kind of scatters across. So that's a good distinction, Julie, because there, there is always a question between scramble and shotgun. And one of my men said something funny because on their class crest, there's a shotgun that runs behind 2020 uh-huh. and said it really should be a whisk because yeah. we, weren't, <laughs> we, we weren't shotgunned. We were moved as a group. So when you scramble, you move, they keep that plebe group together and just put them in another company. In this case, you're right. They, they just kind of scattered them everywhere. Like a shotgun is a great example uh, where all these little pellets are going in all different directions. And that's kind of what happened to these two classes. Exactly. And they've done it a few times, but very rarely have they done it to a youngster class going into their second class to shotgun them. So it's kind of a new territory, I think. And I don't think they were expecting it. So they were kind of all sort of caught off guard. That Semper Gumby, you got to adjust your sails and go with the change. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some strategies that maybe you used when things got different or tough to support your kids? Because you have four of them. Right. Now they have, even the plebes have their phones back so they can get text messages and phone calls. I really didn't call them a lot because I knew they were very busy. So I just sent a lot of texts and I didn't really expect to get answers or replies to them all just because they're so busy. They have more things to do during the day than hours in the day. So even just responding to a text is not on their radar. So I accepted that, but I continued to send them encouraging texts and let them know that we're praying for them and that we know things aren't easy and they're working hard. It lifts them up. I think they see the text, but they just don't have time to reply. I think it's by design too. They have so much on their plate, almost in a way designed to fail where they're going to have to choose to fail at something because they don't have time to complete everything. And that's kind of training them again, to go into the fleet where they're going to have to make so many decisions that something's got to give. And of course, yeah. for them, yeah. It, yeah. And it's like the company comes first or squad comes first. And sometimes their academics are going to have to come second because they have to take care of their company and squad responsibilities or military duties or watch all that has to come first. I remember my plebe having to miss class many times because he was on watch during the day. And so he would have to miss a class. Did your mids ever have to do that? Or how did their experience with tight time schedules kind of work for them? Yeah, they did. And and it's a juggling act, like you said, because some some days you're going to have to, you just have to learn to prioritize. And some days one thing's going to be the most important. And then you're like, oh, now I got to focus on academics. And they're just constantly kind of juggling and spinning their plates, I guess. My youngest is an athlete. So he misses classes quite often during in season because they're away at meets. So they have to learn how to catch back up pretty quickly. So that's just like an an extra task that they have to worry about. They all had to deal with the watch and duty. And and then if they're sick, you know, and they miss class, if they're sick, then that just, it's like, oh, sets them all behind. But one more thing, they learn. Yeah, Yeah, they they learn and they have to recover quickly, right? You were mentioning texts. And and I know that I've had some parents that have been concerned because 
they're not necessarily getting replies. And I remember my mids when they were plebes and then into midhood, if you want to call that yeah. as mids. And there were times when they wouldn't reply at all, or it's almost like selective memory. They probably missed some and then replied to others. Sometimes it was two weeks after the text was sent when I'd get a reply. And you just kind of get used to knowing that they're not going to be able to reply right away. What would you tell those parents that are transitioning into this lesser communicative state, shall we say, about responses from their plebes and their mids. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, you don't, I mean, <laughs> responses, if you get them at all, they're delayed and they're, it's giving both the, their plebes and their parents training for what's going to happen in the fleet. Cause there are going to be times when there's just kind of communication lockdown and, and they're going to be really drastically trying to get hold of their sailor and they just can't, you know, or their Marine because of the lockdown. So it's hard to deal with at first because you want, you think with text, it's like instant communication, but it's nothing personal. Don't take it personally. It's just, they That's just so like said, they're so busy. And, and if it's something important, then they'll get hold of you and they'll let you know. That's such an important thing to remember, Julie, to not take things personally. They're not ignoring you. They're not intentionally not responding. They're just really unbelievably busy. And I remember looking at my plebe schedule and they wake up, they have pep. And even for the upper class, we're leading those pep sessions or the youngsters. And we'll talk about this in a minute who are mentoring the plebes. And so you're just adding that to their day. They have to go back. They have to get dressed and ready. They have to go to morning formation. Then they have to go to breakfast. Then they have to go to class. It's not college. So they can't skip class. They have to be in class. Exactly. Yep. Need accountability, right? Then they have to go back and drop off their stuff, go to noon meal formation, then noon meal formation, then, then lunch, and then back to class and then sports period. And then evening meal formation and then dinner and then study hour for the plebes. And then in between, they have to sandwich all the other stuff, right? Like for plebes, they have to uh, make the firsty bulletin boards and they have to study for prono quizzes in addition to studying for the classes. So just when you start to think about the amount of things that are on their plate, it, it really takes your breath away, don't you think? Oh, it does. It's, it's, it's a crazy amount of stuff. Just like you said, it's more than what is physically possible to get done. And they know you're a constant as their parents. So it sounds sad, but you are low priority as far as <laughs> because they know you're there for them and, and yeah. they know they can get, get to you when they need to. It's not something that's part of their priority list at the time. They, they know that you're gonna love them no matter what. Yes. <laughs> So and true. The, other, the other thing I was suggesting to a parent, um, which I've heard from other parents, and we kind of did as well, I'm not sure if this worked for your mids, but we kind of selected a day like we're either every week or every other week. And, and typically it was Sundays as pleads because they don't get liberty out of the yard. They, they have liberty in the yard typically. Again, there's so many changes. And so Sunday would be our day when we would plan about a 20 minute conversation. And if that Sunday didn't work, um, it would be another Sunday, you know, the following mm -hmm. Sunday and just kind of check-in day. Also, if, if, if it wasn't something urgent, 
we wouldn't send a text. In order for us to text, it would either be like you said, to encourage, like maybe for us, it was a Bible verse or some yes. type of inspirational quote, or we're thinking of you, we're praying for you, you've got this. But aside from that, anything that required an answer, we really kind of had to be intentional and think about it. Is this really something I need to be asking now? Is it, do I need an immediate response? And if not, then we would forego the question for either a later time or for that check-in call. Do you think that might be workable? Is that something that maybe you did as well? Yes, that's pretty much exactly what we did. We Sundays were kind of our day. Now, not every Sunday, sometimes they, and we left it to them to call us because we, again, like I said, we didn't know their schedule and didn't want to bombard them. So yeah. some days would go by and they didn't get a chance to call. And sometimes they'd shoot us a text and say, no, I got caught up. I had to do this. But you're exactly right. You kind of have to be choosy on the on the text you send that you want a response for because they may not get a chance to answer it. And this kind of also goes back to the parent pages because a lot of times parents will ask questions there. And sometimes the flippant answer is ask your mid. And mm-hmm. yes, sometimes that is the correct thing to do, but a lot of times parents can't ask their meds. Their meds aren't responding to them. They're too busy. So there's probably enough parents there with experience that they can answer the question and they don't have to just say a blanket, oh, ask your mid, they're the best source. So don't be afraid to ask on the parents' pages. Yeah, that that is so true, Julie. Thank you so much for emphasizing that because the class pages are kind of like your lifeline. And the other thing too, is your specific company page, because as as the year goes on, especially for plea parents, they'll kind of get used to what their company allow the plebs and other classes to do or not do. And each company is different. So you're company dependent, right? Yes, Um, exactly. So let's talk a little bit then about the classes, because we would address some things with, uh, for the plebe class, a few things for maybe the first season, the upper class, but let's take a little bit more of an in-depth look as the act year gets underway um, and maybe some highlights for each of the classes. For third class, in my book, A Yosemite Monster Journal, I discuss youngster year as the quote unquote invisible year because they don't really have that many responsibilities and it's their chance to kind of catch up and make up for plebe year and really try to get their grades up and really focus on their academics. What can youngster parents expect for youngster year? You're right. I mean, we call it the same thing. It's the the under the radar, off the radar (laughs) year because they don't have that. You know, there's, there's milestones for every class and the youngster year is kind of void of those. That is so right because they don't have a parents weekend. They don't have, they don't really have a milestone per se. They don't have a Herndon at the end of the youngster year. You just kind of like move on. Unless you're at the class of 2023, which did. True, <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> but <laughs> that's another story. Yes. Yeah, so they do, they're starting their majors courses. So that's one thing parents can expect. They're going to get into whatever they had picked for a major and they'll be, which in a lot of cases, it really helps their, the academics with their GPA because they're doing more courses on things they're interested in. Mm -hmm. So it kind of um, can be a boost to the GPA, but at the same time, they're also in physics. Most of the time, that's when youngsters, unless they validated courses, that's when the youngsters are going to take physics, which is always, always probably one of the most difficult courses traditionally. So be ready to support your men on that because I'm sure you'll get a lot of complaints and and just sort of discussions on the (laughs) trying to get through physics. 
Yeah, chemistry is the plebe killer and physics can possibly be the youngster killer. Plus that they are into calculus three and four if they didn't validate those. Yes. So together with physics, it, it makes for a heavy load on top of everything else. Yep. And then their um, primary responsibilities in the company would be mentoring, as you had mentioned before, mentoring the plebes. So they, they don't really have a, a leadership or a training position aside from kind of guiding the plebes with their duties and their responsibilities and making sure they know their prono and all the, you know, the milestones that they have to reach as a plebe. So that they don't have to prepare for the prono quizzes, but they, uh, and it's funny because my, my mids used to say that their plebe, my plebe, uh, yes. I, have to do, I have to do this with my plebe. So they take ownership, which I love of their plebe. And so they are, they're helping them to prepare for what they went through the year before. Correct. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's my son would refer to him as my plebes. And he was always, you know, real proud of how his plebes did on their pronos and <laughs> on certain tasks or pep that day or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's the beginning of their of their leadership uh, career. And as far as we discussed academics, so they're going to have physics or getting into their major, it's their chance to kind of focus on academics without, with having a little bit more time without all of their plebe duties and then leadership as mentors for their plebes. But youngster year is always a, uh, also a year that can have, can, can have some doubt as, as they're getting into their second year at the Naval Academy. Can you talk a little bit about how doubt can creep in? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's definitely, that's a very, very good point because you know, they just probably finished a great summer, um, had some leave and got to go back with their friends back home. And so they've gotten to see, you know, sort of life on the other side after plebe year. And yeah. so that's kind of where doubt is like, okay, I'm, this is the year I need to decide. Am I going to continue with this? Because I, at the end of this year, I have to sign my commitment to stay or, or not. So kind of, I think there's a lot of weighing back and forth on should I stay or should I go type mentality? Yes, definitely. And I know for my mids, uh, social media made it harder because they saw their friends and they were going to Disney World or they were going here or going home and they don't have the luxury of doing that. And then after each break, so Thanksgiving, Christmas, and especially I found spring break. Yes. I'm a great doubt because they've been able to spend a week and typically it's with their friends and they feel like they're missing out. I know that one, my oldest mid felt he was missing out in, in a way because all of, the, all of the friends were always together. They were always doing things from, you know, from high school and he was the odd man out and he, could, he didn't have the freedom to leave. So then doubt starts creeping in. Like, is this really where I wanna be? Is this really what I wanna do? And as parents, what is the best course of action? So with mine, um, luckily by the time mine were youngsters, I there wasn't a lot of doubt. One of mine, his his plebe year is really where there was a lot of doubt, and it was really you know a kind of touch and go the whole time. But we just you know continue to to reiterate to them to you know look at what's ahead, look at the and think about why you came here and then look at what's ahead for you. They may be having fun now, but you have a guaranteed job after you graduate and they may not. And they have student loans they're trying to pay off. You don't. So just kind of reinforcing their powerful why that they're there 
first place, I think was the, is probably the best course of action. And then you can give them the pros and cons and make them just kind of say to them, you know, if, if you really have something that you're running to and you have a plan, that's different than if you're just running away from the Naval Academy because you have doubts because the grass is always greener, but it's once you get there, it's turns pretty brown pretty quick. So that's so true. And I think that doubts are normal anywhere and for anyone. And I think every, every midshipman has a moment of doubt. And in the end, they remember why they're there. And the points that, that you mentioned are so important. Also the leadership experience. That's why Naval Academy graduates are among the top earners when they get out in the six figures because of their leadership experience. No other college is going to give you the experience of leading 80 men and women under stressful situations with a given mission. And that's something that we, that we talked to our mids about as well. And I had several friends whose mids had doubts youngster year and were thinking of leaving had actually already applied to other colleges And so I asked my oldest, I said, well, if somebody's thinking of leaving, what your, what would your advice be to them? And by then he was a second class and he said, well, I would tell them your plan B better be better than your plan A. Yes. Plan B better be a certain plan because plan A is in your hand right now and just weigh the, the pros and cons of it. And if you're looking at it solely on a social perspective. So it's funny how you see the change, the frame of mind, right? Youngster, yeah. you're like, I'm missing out second class here. Well, my friends aren't going to get me a job. My friends are not going to pay for my rent and my food. My friends are not going to get me the leadership experience. And where I am right now is where I want to be. Yes, there's doubt, but then there's this kind of maturity and, and change. It's the amazing. Thing. The change I think between youngster and second class year, it's amazing. The maturity. It is. It's amazing. And the other thing that I would say is make sure that you encourage your mid to get plugged in because youngster year being kind of like a critical year before two for seven, my mids were in in Glee club. My 2020 was in the intercollegiate sailing as well. My oldest was in fencing. And then, you know, it's, there's a balance of time. So they have to figure out how all that works, but they should be plugged in, in, into something that they're interested in, because that's going to help them also. It gives them a sense of belonging. I think, don't you think? Yes. When they, when they belong to something other than just their, their company. Yeah. That's great advice. My oldest, uh, he played rugby for a little bit. And then my 2016, was a field on the field hockey team, which she loved. She had never played field hockey before and she just loved it. And then my 2019 was in an organization called Girls on the Run. So they would go to elementary school girls and go running with them. And, and it's just, it's a fabulous national organization. And they were able to do that with Naval Academy and kind of reach out. She really enjoyed that. And then my 2023 has his pole vaulting. I had a friend whose son was considering leaving and they encouraged him to stay through summer training and he ended up getting into the parachute team and loved it and is now flying fighter jets. Wow. Uh, Definitely encouraged them to get plugged in. So that is the kind of like the youngster year, but moving towards second class is a 
big year for the second class. And there are lots of different highlights that we can talk about. One of the biggest privileges that will give them a lot of freedom, which is to be able to drive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then this is where we are now because mine's 2023. So he's just starting his second class year and it that's when they get they can get their career starter loan and um, a lot of, the, of them use that money to actually purchase a vehicle so they can now own and drive a vehicle as of now they they can't park them or drive them on the yard as second class but they figure out where to park it and and how to make it work and it's just gives them so much more freedom plus they have more weekend you know they have more time on the weekends now than they were given as plebes and youngsters and they can wear civilian clothes when they're out and about they don't have to wear their uniform that's a biggie that's a huge that's huge yes and they can leave the yard on friday after they're done with all the with all their duties i think right yes yeah so maybe that's i guess maybe how the their mindset switches so fast to the maturity level because now they have so many more freedoms and responsibilities to go with it so. They feel like they feel like people and they're not getting pointed at by the visitors in Annapolis saying, oh, there's another one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So backtracking a little bit. So beginning second class year, they have their two for seven signing before classes start or anything. They have to sign this contract with the Navy. Can you explain a little bit what the two for seven is? Yes. Yeah, so that's basically, they've just given two years, had two years of education, and now they have to make a decision. Um, for two more years at the Naval Academy and then five more years that they'll owe as a commitment to the Navy. So that's where the seven comes in. So two down, seven to go, basically. Um, So they're saying, okay, I'm here now. And and up until this point, they could leave without any ramifications, Um, basically two years free education. Uh, Now there's consequences if they decide to leave after they've signed their two for seven commitment with, you know, either paying back Um, monetarily or serving in the fleet to pay back their education. I think it's, is it like $200,000? I don't know what the amount is, but they would have to basically pay the tuition and then, um, or they would have to serve as enlisted in the fleet. So, so definitely a serious decision and a highlight too. We have so many wonderful pictures of our kids and I'm sure that you got some recently when they did the two for seven for 23. For all you um, second class parents, ask your mids if they got the Google link. Um, mine is claiming he hasn't gotten it yet. There was, I think because the companies were were shotgunned and they think there was a little confusion on who was photographing um, each company. So okay. I think okay. so this time they missed out, but yeah, usually awesome pictures of them signing and then the scroll, it shows like the whole list of all of them signing. It's really, it's, it's a, a ceremonial event for sure. It, 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 and it's a bonding event too, because it really brings them even closer together. Um, I was fortunate in that my two mids happened to be company PAOs and my oldest eventually became brigade PAO. So they were in charge of taking the pictures. And my fear was that there wouldn't be a picture of them because they were taking a picture of everyone else. But they had a friend take a picture of, of them when they when it came their turn to sign. So we did get some pictures that time around. Usually they evaded the camera pretty well. The other big highlight though of a second class year, which you will have coming up soon is second class parents weekend where you get to finally have lunch at King Hall with your mid when they want you there and you get to- yeah. 
class and sit and and see all the wonderful things they're doing in class. And I remember sitting in my oldest electrical engineering class and actually understanding some of it because my dad was an electrical engineer and I was like pretty proud of myself. Then we sat in a cyber class and had no clue what was going on. So, <laughs> but it was great to see what, what they were up to. What can you tell us about second class parents weekend? Oh, we're excited because that's like you said, coming right up. It's the first weekend in October this year. Usually it's sometime in the fall, either end of September, or beginning of October. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's first day on Friday is basically the first day of it. And then you get to attend classes, as you mentioned. And uh, that is, it's always interesting to see what, you know, the classes are going through. And they're so proud to kind of show you where they go to class and how things work. And meet their professors too, right? Yes. Yep, exactly. And most of the classes I was pretty clueless in, but, but it was very, and all of it was very interesting. And then, like you said, we had discussed this, I think in our last podcast about plebes, whether to eat all over plebe summer and um, parent, plebe parents weekend. This is totally a different atmosphere. It's like they want you there and they get to, you know, show you their plebes basically. And, and yeah. it's fun, fun, relaxed atmosphere. It's so. fun. And you get to go see their quarters for the second yeah. time, presumably, I guess. Did you, did you get to go plebeer to see their quarters? Yes, we did. Or that did not get to do it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. We did. We got to, we were very fortunate. And then, and I, so when you go in also look for the boards, because if they have any type of a job mm -hmm. of a class, the plebes have made boards for, for them. So that's always fun to to take a picture with them with their board so it is it's fun and then you might be fortunate enough to see chow calls going on as well yeah um, depending on the time that you that you're going up into their quarters and that was really that was really fun to watch I'm sure not for the plebes but for yeah. us second class parents it was awesome the other big thing for second class are the purchase of the ring. So second class parents weekend, typically, again, I'm not sure what's going to happen this year, but usually Justin's has this huge setup with all the different rings and the stones and all the things that, that you can help them uh, to choose. And I remember that for both of our mids, we were able to uh, kind of go with them and they asked for our input and saw different uh, ring designs. Also for moms, this is a great opportunity for you to see the little class crest necklace, the little mini ring. I'm fortunate in that my kids got me both of those for Mother's Day and Christmas and birthdays and, and such. So it's a good time to maybe plant the seed for that. So can you tell us about your experiences with the ring? Yeah, so my, my kids were funny because a lot of them will go and they'll use some of their career starter loans to pay for the ring or their parents will help them and they'll go all out with just like extravagant rings and diamonds and my kids were just like basic cheapest ring. <laughs> so they, were yeah. just, they wanted the ring and you were mentioned the, the mom's ring. There's also different size rings for the females to get if they don't want the big standard size ring, they can get a smaller ring for their smaller hands. And so they were, I mean, they all were really tasteful and really nice. They just know that they have a whole range of price points that you can go. You don't have to go all out and get a hugely expensive ring, but you can if, they, if that's what they want. So, and, and it's also interesting to see their thought process on it. So my oldest didn't want the typical ring with the big stone. And so he got the white gold with a patina and the compass rose, which was more kind of understated. 
And then I think my daughter in 2020 got a similar to the compass rose kind of like more understated as well. And then some of their friends did want the big stone and did want the, you know, the big the bling ring. Yeah. The bling or the, some of the female mids got the diamonds and they're all beautiful. So it's really up to your mids kind of frame of mind and what they really want. And my kids never wore their rings in the fleet because they didn't want to show off that they were from the academy. But after they got, like after their first deployment, they would wear it to special occasions, either to dress up things with the Navy or whatever. Did you find that your mids kind of did the same thing? Yes, that's exactly the exact, there's, there's kind of a, um, sadly, a stigma when they, you know, they call them ring knockers, mm-hmm. you know, when they're wearing their rings and they're kind of flaunting that they're um, grads. So mine never did, except for, like you said, there were special occasions when they're like had dining ins or dining outs, that kind of thing, when they're wearing their mess dress or some event and they would wear them. And um, then the ring dance, they can't wear the rings, although they order them and they'll get them sometime in February or March, I believe. Mm-hmm. They can't really officially wear them until ring dance, which is the Saturday uh, before commissioning. It's part of the commissioning week schedule. I have my dad's 1959 ring dance picture. And I have his mini ring that he got for my mom. So can you tell us a little bit about what happens at this ring dance that makes it so special and why they're able to wear their rings afterward? Yeah, so it's a, I just think this is the, the coolest tradition. They actually have a photo op where they show, they get to take their ring and it's kind of like on a ribbon and they can dip it into this. The, it's like a giant the, shell, I think, when I saw it last, or it's like yeah. a bowl, right? Like a bowl. Yep, yep, exactly. And it has their class on it. And then it's the waters of the seven seas. And then there's, so there's a kind of a ritual with when they dip them in, they dip them in and then they can, can wear their rings. Also, which is kind of a neat tradition for female mids is, you know, before they go to the actual ring dance, they, there's usually a dinner and that kind of thing. And so they can, they get dressed up and can wear a nice dress, like a ball gown. And then they just have to change into their um, mess dress. And I was asked the question once, how did they collect the water from the seven seas? The answer that I got was that the chaplains actually collect the different waters is what I was oh, told. Oh, that right. I, I was wondering that also. I wasn't sure how they... That's the gouge that I got. Lungs are uh, dipping it in the Severn and... <laughs> oh, oh, that would be sad. <laughs> and then the last thing for second class is they can begin to look toward commissioning. Second class parents weekend, depending again this year on, on COVID restrictions, it might be a good time to maybe ask and speak with your midshipman about the type of commissioning they're looking at and maybe setting a budget and expectations if you want to rent or just stay at a hotel or bed and breakfast so this do you agree would be a good weekend to kind of start doing that in and maybe setting some parameters for commissioning oh for sure I always tell parents this to really not really start locking in or committing to any place until after they sign the two for seven because then you yes. know that they're not going to surprise you and say, by the way, not staying. Right. So, um, and then over parents weekend, we would kind of even look, look at see what's available and kind of dry, do drive-bys and check different things out. And it's a good, very good idea to, like you said, to check with your mid and see what they have in mind for commissioning week, because what you have in mind might be not what they are really comfortable with. So every family is going to do commissioning week different. Just make sure you 
kind of come to an agreement on on what the expectations are before you start planning things. That's that's very important, and I think that's such valuable advice because. Yes, it's it's your midshipmen's celebration, the culmination of their four hard-earned years and, and their success, the graduation, the commissioning. It's also kind of your celebration because you've helped support them and guide them. But in the end, and I think you might agree, Julie, that it, it really should be a compromise of both. Because as you mentioned, your mid might want, might have something in mind, you might have another thing in mind. And so you're going to have to compromise. It can't be one way or another. Ultimately, your midshipman has to feel comfortable with, with the plans. I think exactly. that, we're, yeah, you're, we're both on the same page on that. And, and in my book, I have in-depth ad nauseum detail, um, second class year, things that you might want to start looking at. And then first a year, and, and I have a whole like checklist and things for commissioning in there as well that might be helpful. And I love what you said also, and I think that's very important that each family does commissioning differently and each family does commissioning in the right way for them. There's no wrong way to do it. And just like the journey of the four years, each journey is different and no journey is wrong. It's just right for your family. And that's something else that that's important to consider because as commissioning comes, you're going to start seeing all these ideas on the class pages. It can get overwhelming. You just have to kind of pick and choose and do what's right for you, for your mid and for your family, right? Exactly right. Yes, that I mean, I can't stress that enough because you are going to see so many, you know, some people that that's just their the way they are, they go all out and they that's what they do and they like it and it's great for them. And then other people feel very overwhelmed by that. And it's you don't have to do that. You can it can be as private or as public as you want it to be. And you can go all out as party plan, you know, <laughs> express or or right. not. So, and it yeah. all all works out and it's all. And I would also recommend for, um, for second class parents now that are looking at accommodations is to make sure that they get, have a good contract with whoever they're renting from. And that contract um, includes things in it that shows what happens if the other party decides, oh, we're not going to rent anymore there. You know, there has to be some protections for you in it. And typically contracts are one-sided to the person renting, but make sure you have a contract you're happy with that protects you as well. That happened to us with our oldest. We were looking at the contract and we did notice that everything's one-sided, right? And most of them are like the standard template rental agreement type thing. And so we went back to the owners and made suggestions because everything's on us. But what about them? What if they can't provide the property? What's going to happen to the deposit? How long is it going to take them to get the deposit back? They can't provide the property, we get hundred percent of our money back. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so all, and I have a whole list of questions in the second class chapter about that. It's like 20 questions of things to think about and ask because it does become crucial, especially in this, in this COVID environment. So don't be afraid to go to the owner and propose changes to the contract that benefit you. If they're not willing to negotiate, walk away. The other thing too, is if they want all the money up front, walk away. If they're not willing to work with you on a payment schedule that suits you, walk away. There will always be another house as beautiful as this house may seem, but you don't want to at the end be caught like so many parents in my class 2020, where so many lost money be commissioning went virtual. And and in, in this day and age, you can't take that chance. So yes, I agree. And thank you for pointing that out, Julie, you have to 
definitely protect yourself. On to firsties. So firsties have a full docket where they just did their service selections, which means they input their top six service selections in order of preference into a computer form. Then the Navy is going to look at their needs and, and around Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, usually the service assignments are done. So each company is going to announce to each midshipman what service assignment the Navy has given them based on their preferences. Most midshipmen get their first choice, but some don't. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think the Naval Academy does a pretty good job. Most of the time will get their first or their second choice. They know pretty much how to put in their preferences. They know realistically what they may or may not get, especially when it comes to the special ops community, that kind of thing. It's very competitive. And so there are some that don't get their first choice. And it's a super exciting time. And just getting your service selection to begin with is exciting, but always keep in mind for some, it's kind of a letdown. You know, you don't always get the assignment that you want. So I think as parents, once things have settled down is to try and help them to find the silver lining. And most of the time they'll see that they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And and it ends up being a, a, usually a positive experience for them. Also for the first fees on top of academics. So everything's done by merit order, right? Your grade point average, your physical tests, your leadership, how you're ranked by your peers. It goes into this algorithm that determines your merit order. So you're number one in your class all the way to however many midshipmen there are in that class. And so there's a big focus on academics because academics is a big part of that. And within academics, there are capstone projects that have to be completed. So every uh, midshipman, even English majors and political science majors have to complete a capstone project. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Because those are very time consuming. A lot of them include a lot of research. Can you talk a little bit about the capstone projects and how important they are? Very important. And like you said, they take a big chunk of their time. You know, they're, they're assigned an advisor that kind of step helps them through each process and they have milestones to meet. Um, throughout the the year so that they can finish and present their capstone. I mean, it's almost like a master's thesis type mm-hmm. level project, really. Some of them are building artificial reefs, artificial wave making things first so they can do tests on the ships. My oldest son, he was a mechanical engineer and they were working with the computer people also and they were making f- robots that played f- football against other schools. I think Notre Dame actually was one that they went again. <laughs> um, so it was fun. It's a, it was a lot of work because they still had parameters they had to meet and timeframes to meet. And this is on top of their normal class schedules. And I think they do a leadership, all have to do a leadership capstone also, which is separate from their majors capstone. And talking about leadership, the, the leadership of the brigade now falls on their shoulders. So they are mentoring still the second class because the second class will take over the following year when they're firsties and they're making the wheels turn all the way from, from the core uh, brigade command all the way down through the company commands. And they're the ones responsible for making sure that everything falls into place and everything's working. And that is also time consuming. Can you talk a little bit about that? They're responsible for how everything is running and also the climate of the brigade at the time falls on their shoulders because how they're running the brigade is going to affect the morale of the entire brigade. So that it's a big responsibility and it's a big time commitment to also, like you said, they're, they're still doing all their capstone and they're still doing all their classes, but they also, that's, that's a 
big hunk of their time and their job is their leadership position, whether they're brigade commander or, you know, and there's not just, you know, you have the brigade commander, but you also have like the, that's in charge of the honor, someone in charge of safety. Each regiment and then each battalion has leadership within. And so it's like this whole layer of leadership really preparing them for the fleet because that's the way the fleet works, right? Yes. Yeah. It mirrors how the fleet is set up pretty much. So that's kind of a daunting for them. I remember when my oldest was brigade PAO speaking with his, with his roommates after, after commissioning, they were telling me all the things that he had to do. And he had a clipboard at the entrance of their quarters where people would sign up to meet with him because anything that was going to be a public announcement or communication had to go through him. Right. And so they said there were people sometimes 10, 12 deep standing outside the door and and they'd have to chase him away. He's not going to get to see you right now. Crazy that, that, and that's just brigade PAO. So imagine like every, everything else. So every little moving part has so much to it that we don't realize. And PAO for some, I don't know if you explained this earlier. That is a public affairs officer. They take charge of like the lucky bag and then any announcements or anything that the brigade right. needs to go, it goes through them, everything. That's, that was a great experience for him that actually set him up well for the fleet because there were so many things on his plate. And then of course, as a first year, you're looking at commissioning. So can you mm-hmm. talk about the best possible week ever? And uh, <laughs> from my perspective, we were able to do in-person commissioning with our oldest our daughter got the virtual commissioning. So we really knew what we were missing. It was very sad. So can you talk a little bit about the best week ever? Yeah, I know that is sad. My heart still breaks for your class. It's just because it is, it's the whole four years of the roller coaster culminating in commissioning week. And it's just set up in so much tradition and every day has a different activity and a different milestone that parents and the soon to be grads and commissioned officers get to go through and share with their families families and just soak in every single minute of it. One of the first things is the superintendent's garden reception, which is one of my favorite things. It's just always such a good time and fun garden party event, good food, and just good company. Don't miss that one for sure. There's a whole schedule of events. You can look on the USNA website. I would look at 2019, which is probably the closest to regular commissioning up till now because 2020 missed theirs and 21 had semi-modified commissioning week. And then we don't know what's going to happen. So again, uh, Semper Gumby and be prepared for change. We can talk about that as as things get closer. Last but not least, uh, we're going to kind of come 360 to plebes. My oldest, who was company ops during plebe summer second set, he mentioned that he now understood why his detailers were so grumpy because they barely got any sleep over plebe summer. And he also mentioned that all plebes have to do is survive because their detailers do everything else for them. They tell them where to go. They tell them what clothes to bring. They schedule everything for them. Everything's basically done for them. But then as they transition to the year, the detailers aren't there to do that for them anymore. Now plebes have to do it themselves. One of the biggest challenges is time management with everything they have going on. The pronos, the PRTs, the staying academically sad and watch. So first I would ask Julie, A, can you explain what watch is? And B, can you tell us about the importance of staying academically sat and time management? Actually a watch schedule, kind of a duty schedule for all of the mids, but plebes especially, they kind of stand what they call stand watch in their company area to make sure that what it says, keep watch over things, make sure if anyone's comes on deck, any you know high ranking officers that they're announced and make sure that nothing is 
going awry and there's not people that are coming in that aren't supposed to be there and keep track of everything. I'm not sure how far out in advance they get it, but they'll be scheduled for this watch. And if they're scheduled for a certain amount of hours over a weekend, they can't leave that entire weekend, even though their watch may be only a few hours. So parents of plebes need to be flexible because they may plan a weekend to go visit. And then, oh, my plebe has that weekend and they can meet him on the yard, but they're not going to be able to leave if they have watched. We would bring them food. We would bring them and have a meal with them or bring them coffee in the morning or or a breakfast log from the Amish market for them and their roommate. And that's the other thing that I also talk about in my book, that it's so important to create your own routine in Annapolis and to make your own friends. Because even when they're not on watch, as they get to be upper class, our mids uh, had made other plans. You're going to see your mid just not as much as you wanted. I think it's important to develop your own routine so that you're also independent. Your mid when you have to be. And there are times when they may have a crunch on a project. And there, there were many times when we had a rental, we had it planned, and all of a sudden they have this project that has to get finished. And we enjoyed the rental. We went out to eat and then our mid would call mom. Can you bring coffee for five? Can you please bring dinner? Can you please bring lunch for six? And that's what you do. It's good to go too. Cause you get to see them, give them a hug, bring them food. You know that they're well-fed and, and they go off. So it's very important, Julie, as you mentioned, that you're flexible and independent of your plebe or your mid. There's a chapter in my book that I talk about what happened because they have so much on their plate that sometimes their academics tend to suffer. What is SAT and what is unsat? SAT basically is satisfactory grades. And and I know there's certain parameters they have to meet. They have to be over a 2.0. I think they can't be failing more than one class. So if they're failing two classes, then they're automatically unsat, even if they're over 0.0. They have in their mid regs, it has what exactly they have to do to stay SAT. 2.0 and go has kind of been the saying where they... They strive, you know, hopefully striving for higher, but parents also, when you're used to your child getting straight A's and having a high GPA, and then all of a sudden they're here and it's like, oh, I'm struggling to stay sat might come as a surprise, but the academics are tough, especially with everything else they've got on their plate. Kind of be understanding about that. And I mean, mine would just really didn't share their individual grades with me. They would just say, yeah, I'm sat. That's, I was like, okay, as long as I know you're sat. I didn't get in the weeds about figuring out what their grades were unless they wanted to volunteer that information. To get to the Naval Academy, they were kind of a big fish where they were. And now they're among all the big fish and it's, a, it's an adjustment. They're like, wow. I think it's a little bit of a shock to the system when they start the academics, plus they have everything else to do. And it's just not something that they're really used to. They're not used to. And there is another area where doubt can creep in because I yes. know one point, one of my mids, we had a conversation and they said, I, I don't think I belong here because everybody's doing so much better. And there are these people on God's list that have a 4.0 all the way across and I can't do that anymore. And that's where you kind of have to just bring them down to earth. My husband's favorite thing to say is you can be great in college and you can be the top college athlete, but when you move into the major leagues and Mm -hmm. our kids at the Naval Academy, they've moved to the major league now. 
and everybody's that good. And that's what happened. So you just have to encourage them and remind them that the Academy selected them for a reason, that they have so much on their plate, that plebe year has an end and they can focus on their academics youngster year. And everybody's struggling in one way or another. So I think it's important that you remind them that they're not alone, that, yes. that it's common to the journey. I agree. I would always tell mine to remember everybody there, like you said, they picked them for a reason. They designed their class. They just didn't pick random people. They designed a set class and everybody brings some strength to the table Mm -hmm. to make that class work. They may not be the strongest academically, but maybe they're going to help that kid that can't pass the PRT to pass. So they link arms and they pull each other together as a class to get through plebe year, especially. I just finished recording a podcast with my dad and his classmates from 1959. And that one will come out sometime in October. They are as close today as they were the day they commissioned. And just the memories they share brings them close and is one of the things that forges those lifetime bonds. Uh, Don't you think? Oh yeah, for sure. My father-in-law is a 1960 Air Force Academy grad. So Same thing. He still has these, you know, very tight bonds with his classmates and whenever they can, they try to get together and it's just really neat to see. And then my husband and I, we have forged those lifelong friendships and the the times we remember aren't the easy times that we Mm -hmm. were failing through. The times we reminisce about are like hard times that we remember when we had to do this and my, I was face down in the mud and (laughs) that's the that you you reminisce and you remember because that's what pulled you together yeah oh and I something I learned actually at the podcast is I guess commissioning used to be in June so they called it June week oh commissioning week and so they were talking about June week and then I realized oh that's what they used to call commissioning week commissioning week yeah it's called June week yeah but anyway that's trivia so keep that in mind because you never know when that question comes up and then of course social media as we discussed before doesn't help and then add to all of the academic they have uh, to pass these professional knowledge quizzes and they're tested on everything from uh, type of submarine to type of aircraft to uniforms I mean you name it anything in the navy and so they have to study during the week and then either Friday or Saturday they have their quiz and each week is a different topic so that is on top of their academics on top of their watch on top of everything else and something also to keep in mind when you travel that they they will have their prono as a plebe on Fridays yeah Um, and then you have uh, plebe duties but you also have sometimes you have restrictions can you talk a little bit about what happens with restrictions and what are they and can you bring in the the sat and unsat into that a little bit as well yes sure can and you were mentioning the prono with a lot of times each company has percentage standards for the prono like the entire company has to get 80% or 90% or above, or they're restricted. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you might think they're off and they're actually not. So restriction, there's a different levels. If they have any conduct offenses, they could end up with restrictions. If they have failed prono tests, then they're going to be restricted until they pass it. They're not meeting, you know, certain standards. If they're unsat with their grades, then they're going to be restricted. Usually it's till the next grading period. So, and so restriction, they're basically can't leave the yard. They're basically in their room. They have to meet um, certain times during the day where they have formations in uniform and have to report and be inspected. It's not no. something you want to do. And sometimes with the, with the plebes, when it comes to like prono, they'll just say, you guys, you know, are restricted this weekend. It's not as bad type of a restriction as a conduct offense, that kind of thing. Right. They're just they're not allowed off the yard, basically. No, typically on Saturdays, plebes can have found liberty after their last military obligation. 
and Sundays they have yard liberty. So if they haven't met the requirements of their plebe duties, then they can be restricted to miss those. Yeah. Yep. With academic restrictions, it's the same thing where they lose the weekend privileges and they have, they have accountability to one of the company officers where they have to report their grades, or they might be assigned to tutoring within the company and help within the company, or they have to seek help from their professor or from maybe the center for academic excellence. They, all of that has to be documented and reported to their chain of command within their companies. And I have a whole chapter on that in my book, if you're interested in reading it. And if you have nothing better to do, read through midregs. The PRT also, which you had mentioned, which is their oh, yeah. ready, their physical readiness test. If they don't pass that, then they get put on like a remedial program where they have to condition with someone in their company so that they can pass the next time they have to take it. That's true. I've forgotten that one. Thank you for for reminding us of that. When you look at the whole picture, it can be overwhelming. They have a lot on their plate. So it doesn't help when mom and dad are putting stress on them to communicate. Going back to where we started is to kind of meet your plebe and your mid where they are and don't put expectations on them that they can't meet. And that's going to cause them and you to stress out and don't take things personally. I Anything else that you would like to add? I think we're kind of ready to wrap up. We've given an overview of the highlights for each class year as the ACK year begins and some things to think about. Anything that you would like to add to wrap up? I say um, to enjoy the ride. It is up and down, but think of it like a fun roller coaster and enjoy it and take (laughs) take a deep breath and always be there to support your mid. And the more you know about what they're going through. So listening to these podcasts, reading Anne's book, any of that is going to help you to support them in a better way. As long as you know what they're doing, then it's easier to support someone when you understand the process and what they're going through and the pressures that they're under. And also I would recommend to everyone to at least during your four years, try to get to maybe one football game because they're fun and that's just a, it's an experience not to miss. It goes fast. So don't blink, just soak it all in and don't blink. It goes fast. I love that. Don't blink. Julie, I just want to thank you for being with me again. Thank you everybody for tuning in and for supporting the podcast. If you are interested in the book, you can get it from the mid store. So just call the mid store and they will ship it to you. A USNA mom's journal. And like Julie said, don't blink. You may be a plebe today, but you'll wake up tomorrow and they'll be commissioning. So enjoy every moment, even, even the times that are tough, they'll all be worth it. And they're all preparing our mids and they're preparing us as parents for what lies ahead when they join the fleet or the Marine Corps. Thanks so much, Julie, for being here again. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. I had fun.